Hi and welcome to the audio recording from the Talking Stories Cafe on Saturday the 22nd of May. I hope you enjoy it and look forward to you joining one of our live sessions soon. Thank you. Bye. Hello everyone. Yay! Seeing the regulars. Hello, what what? Hey. Hello. <laughs> Everyone's come to see what what. Forget everyone else. Hello. <laughs> I came. Oh, I came to see you too. <laughs> right, we're just waiting for everyone to get their seats. If you need to get a drink, now's the chance. If you haven't got a drink, because this is a cafe after all, show us your drinks. Have you got a drink? Got something exciting? Yeah, cheers and welcome. Hello. Welcome everybody to, hello Sharon, yes. What are you drinking, Sharon? Something <laughs> exciting there. <laughs> um, also, have you got something to draw with? Because I mean, if you don't know what we do at the Talking Stories Cafe, it's all about the mind's eye as well. So we encourage you, find something to oh draw God. on. Piece of paper and a pencil or a pen, and you are free and welcome to draw whatever comes into your little mind. <laughs> or your big mind. Or my big mind. Do or, I have a big or, mind? Well, I'll tell you what I do medium have. Size. I have found my hat. Yes, my hat, the Andy Cops hat, I have found it. Well, actually, I didn't find it. My good wife, Claire, she found it. I mean, she finds everything in the house. So it's with great pleasure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talking Stories Cafe. I'm your host, Andy Cops, for this evening. Now, I should tell you a little story. I was doing an event for a school before the silly pandemic hit, and I was just starting, it was like in the first minute of starting my, my performance with these kids and this little boy right in the front row, he put his hand up and he said, you are very silly. And I thought, well, I'm only just starting, right? So give me a break here. But I just thought tonight would be amazing if we have a fun, uplifting session, which is all about laughing yourself silly. And it's with great pleasure to introduce our guests that are in the green room right now we have the story beast now whenever i say the story beast you need to go Ooh. but i don't think the story beast is that scary i remember when i first saw the story beast on stage I was in hysterics because he was just uncontrollable. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to be like him one day. I want to be a storyteller like him. Now, we have the story beast. We also have, all the way from Canada, our regular superstar, What What? And, uh, and with her human, Robin. We have Charlie, the yarn whisperer, all the way from France. Well, I actually met Charlie in Gloucester, but he's decided that he wants to go to France because the weather and the wine is much better there. And we have the lovely Vicky from, who's got a wonderful um, theatre called The Listen In. So I'm going to share lots of information about all our wonderful performers after tonight's event. Now, I do want to say a big thank you to those that are supporting tonight's event. I will also send out some news about I'm moving the Talking Stories Cafe also onto Patreon. So if you want to, you may be wanting to support the work we're doing with the Talking, Sto uh, Talking Stories Cafe with a monthly subscription. I'll send more information about it after tonight. Right. So without further ado, 
The Raven is our wonderful stage manager. The Raven, can you please invite the story beast? Now, I don't see you guys going, ooh, you've forgotten the rules already, right? The story beast is coming to the stage. That's it, Larry. I love it. Right. Ooh. Let's Hello. bring, and let's not forget the real fire as well. So let's bring the real fire and the story beast to the stage. Ooh. Story beast, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself before you start? What is uh, it you do? And is that really your name? Is your first name the? Your middle name Story and your surname's Beast? That is entirely correct, Andy Cox. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, I mean, some people have the as a middle name. You've got um, Kermit the Frog, uh, Winnie the Pooh, but uh, I've got it as a first name. Uh, it's not an affectation. It's just the definite article. Actually, I, I have to say, I, I know there's a lot of drawing tonight, but I'm I'm only on first. So um, and and then I've got to rush away to look after my baby. So I, I have just drawn uh, on the back of an envelope uh, a picture of Andy Cops, uh, who I uh, Andy's storytelling at. Uh, it, it's very much it, it's a line drawing, but I, I like to think I've tried to capture your soul in a non in a non soul steely way. I uh, love it. Thank you so much. And uh, well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself because I'm actually from a very small island. A lot of us are from islands. I suppose continents just a very large island, but um, <clears throat> I'm from a very small island. It's around 45 square miles and it's surrounded by a great big whirlpool, this massive churning dangerous tide. And we have a lot of stories on my island. It's an island called Jersey. It was originally called Gersey because it was named after a guy called Gur who I can only assume did a lot of roaring. He's got a, a river named after him. And I suppose you only get to own a river and an island if you grr at people quite a lot. Uh, but I'm from this island and uh, we've got quite a few folk tales here about this island and about the people who've lived here over that few thousand years. But uh, the bad news is guys, if you don't tell a story enough, then sadly, <laughs> story dies. So uh, I'm going to be telling a story which would otherwise die, but for the fact that I'm telling it tonight and uh, very importantly, you're listening to it. So when one tells a story, it comes out the storyteller's head and it goes into your head and your head and your head and your head and, and your head. And I'm just going down. Just, I, I can't see what you're seeing on the Zoom, but I assume you've all got heads, uh, even the puppets in the room. So... Uh, I'm going to tell you a story tonight, and this is a story about, in my language, in Jersey Norman French, le chant de boulet, le nier chant de boulet, the black dog of Bouley Bay, for there are dogs and there are dogs. And the black dog of Bouley Bay was definitely of that second type. He was quite a dog. Some say he could breathe fire. Some say he had two eyes like great lanterns. Some say he could walk on his hind legs like a man, or on Gisette, as they would say. Some say he could change his size, appearing the size of a small puppy one moment, then the size of a calf the next moment. Some say that he lived in the hills above Bully Bay in the rocks that are called Le Hute, where he kept treasure or perhaps great magical books left there by a wizard. People used to say all sorts of things. Occasionally, people would say, 
and they would often start with because <laughs> they didn't believe that he was anything but a story, but in Conte Bleu, a fairy story told by La Fraude, Frodo smugglers who used to in the 17th century bring into the island great tankards of brandy and whiskey and tobacco and all sorts of naughty things without paying anything to the crown. So it meant that they could keep people off the beach if they could hear, if they could hear occasionally coming from the beach, the sound of le houlement. And uh, I'm gonna need your help for this one. So I am going to need a sound effect when I say le houlement, because le houlement was his howl. So in order to do the howl, you just sort of get your mouth there, get your hands there, like a sort of dog, like a sort of dog. Everyone, I can, I can see you all there. I can see, I can see all of you. So yeah, get inside, get your hands like this, make them like a little, like some jaws of a horrid dog. And I want you to go, oh, oh, oh. Very good, very good. So people would be terrified by the sound of le houlement. And on the night my story starts, it was a particularly windy night in Bully Bay. So windy that <coughs> the sign on the pub outside the Black Dog pub in Bully Bay was swinging in the cold, wet wind. It was a cold night, but all the locals were in. And in, Jer in Jersey terms, we had the landlord, and the landlord was Setio Commun Juge, serious as a judge. And he was wiping the glasses. Then you had the barmaid who had eyes as lively as a cat under a gooseberry bush. I've never seen a cat under a gooseberry bush before, but that's how they described her. So uh, just imagine what that might look like in your own personal imaginary gooseberry bush with your own personal imaginary cat. She had eyes as lively as a gooseberry bush and she had her sweetheart there as well, her young man, her chew, her sweetheart. And he had Movice sous fâche, badness written all over his face. So occasionally they just look over each other making gooseberry bad eyes at each other. And all the locals were in, Boatmen and fishermen who'd come into the pub to keep out the rain, have a few drinks of cidre de bouche. But there was also someone else there. He was Unternovi, a uh, Newfounder, a man who'd come from, who'd gone off to Newfoundland in order to fish cod. And he'd come back to our little island, assuming that uh, everything was a bit smaller than he'd remembered it. You know, that big oak tree outside? <sniffs> Nothing of the trees you get out in Newfoundland. There a cold wind blowing through you? <sniffs> <laughs> Nothing on the cold winds you got off the coast of Newfoundland. And as for giant dogs with great big glowing eyes, well, that was nothing on the bears you got off Newfoundland. One of them tried to come into my hut once, and so I gave him a bop on the nose to show him who was boss. <clears throat> he was un macho, a mocker. 
and nothing was good enough for him. And the locals put up with him because he'd come back from the coast. He'd caught himself a lot of cod and he'd earned himself a lot of money. So he kept on buying his cidre boucher and laughing at them one after another. And all's fun in the pub until <coughs> in comes through the doors Maitre Charles. Un bonhomme, that's uh, to say, a gentleman called Charles. But they didn't call him Charles, they called him Charles back in the day. <clears throat> and bonhomme Charles said, no one's going out tonight, mes garçons. No one's getting out in the boats and going fishing tonight because I've just heard les houlements. Oh, Good. Very. I could see. I could see some lovely hulmans going on there. He had heard the hulman oh, 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 of the dog, and that meant a storm was coming. And whereas there had been a nice little ruckus going on in the pub, now everyone was silent. That was until in the corner. <laughs> You're scared of a dog! <laughs> Goes Leiter Nervy, the macho, the mocker in the corner. And he laughs himself silly and everyone looks into their drinks because they know that the dog is real. They know that Le Chant de Bouli only brings storms and bad luck. But still he laughs, still he can laugh no more. And then in the silence, the landlord, Setio Comunjuge, wiping the glass, said, well, good luck we got ourselves a genuine bear puncher in the house. And at this, the mocker sort of looks at everyone who's now looking at him, and they're all looking at each other. And he turns a bit pale because... He thinks, well, what do you mean? Well, well, I couldn't personally sleep, but for knowing there's some dreadful beast out there in the darkness. Good thing we've got our brave Ter Nervy here to show him who's boss. And, uh, <clears throat> well, this Ter Nervy doesn't really much like the sound of going out in the cold and the dark and the wet to go chasing after black dogs that may not but very well may exist. So after a lot of encouragement involving a bit of eau de vie, uh, as a kind of uh, apple brandy, uh, Calvados, which we have here in Jersey. And this stuff was the stuff you usually used to clean the boats with. Well, <clears throat> after they'd given him a few shots of that, they pushed him out the door <clears throat> with un fruque which is a, a rake for digging up seaweed. And uh, they pushed him out with this vicious four-pronged rake and pushed him up the hill. So up the hill he goes, up above the pub. And as he went, you can imagine yourself uh, humming a little tune, something along the lines of, dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. Actually, could we get everyone doing that? So on the count of three, one, two, three. Yeah, dun. Very dramatic. 
I love the delay there. I love the delay. Uh, it means it means we all get to be heard in our own individual interpretations of what it turns out to be an utterly international piece of incidental music. So up he goes with his fruquier vrai. And as he walks up, dun, 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 he walks further and further into the darkness till as he crests the top of the hill, he can see a full moon coming out from behind the clouds. And there silhouetted in the full moon, he sees two great glowing eyes. He sees the blackness of this great dog larger than a cow. He sees a great chain hanging down him. And in the moonlight, holding his fork up to him, he starts running. He doesn't realize he's running, but he starts running. He starts shouting. He goes, Aah! he moves forward with his vicious fray. And as he's about to reach it, the great dog rises on Gisette on its back legs with its great glowing eyes. And he tumbles backwards, drops his fruquevre and goes all the way down the hill, straight through the door, back into the pub where he lies down on the sofa and doesn't get up for a solid two weeks. Now, that would be the end of the story, of course, but for the fact that you're here on top of the hill right now. So perhaps you can see the barmaid and her chew making their bad gooseberry eyes at each other as they drop their two lanterns as big as saucer eyes as they take off the black tarpaulin and laugh themselves silly, swinging the chain, ka-chank, ka-chank, ka-chank above their heads. <laughs> and they laugh and they laugh, machos that, to each other, grignier dons, showing their teeth. But as they laugh, they can hear in the distance, and over the top of them, in the rocks above the bay, in Lahute, they see something looming over them with great lantern eyes and slavering jaws. And they hear Le Houlemont! Oh, oh, oh! And that's the end of the story. So, thank you very much for listening. I, I hope that was, I hope that was nice. And I hope that the story lives in you at this point in time. If, have we learned anything? Um, don't be a mocker. Don't be a macho. Uh, don't make up stories like a, uh, well, unless of course you are a storyteller or just enjoy stories. Don't make up stories to scare people. Although I could probably learn from that myself. And uh, lastly, I suppose, avoid black dogs. That's not it. I, I, I like a Labrador myself. I'm going to tell you one more story. I'm going to tell you a, a very short little story. And this is the oldest story I know because I think it might be the oldest story there is. It's a very, very, very short story indeed. Uh, Andy, do you want to hear this short story? Because uh, I think we've got just enough time left. So... Uh, <clears throat> story is, beast oh, i think we would all love to hear a very very short story thank you yes, it is please. very very short the, uh, the, it's like three grains of sand at most <clears throat> but it is the oldest story i know and uh, it's so old that actually it's older than language 
So uh, <clears throat> it's a three-act structure, though. I will give it that. And it goes like this. It was told on the plains of Africa many, many years ago by creatures that weren't entirely human yet, but were trying very hard. They were sort of hairy, ape-like creatures, just about standing on their hind legs and creating some lovely spears. But uh, this is the first story that was told by the older woman who was holding a giant spear to her little daughter as she looked over the plains in the Great Rift Valley. And she said, Oh, oh, oh. And that was the first story ever told. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that and uh, feel free to pass it on because I don't think it gets told nearly enough nowadays. But in the meantime, thank you so much for having me at Chalking Stories Cafe. And uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the very real fire. I mean, it's amazing in a high tech age to be as excited about a very low tech piece of technology, but uh, I'm here for it. And I hope you are too. Have a lovely evening. Oh, the story beast, just sensational. Thank you so much. Feel free everyone, if you'd love to unmute, and just give the story beast a round of applause. Now, I should say the story beast did say he has to go and look after his little baby. What he didn't tell us, though, is that his his good lady, his wife, is carrying twins. So the story beast now has all this to look forward to. I have no idea what he's going to name his children. All we know is that they're going to have the surname Beast. So good luck with that, the story beast. And we wish you well. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Oh, how good was that? Oh, wow. If anybody wants to show, up, show their pictures, did you draw anything? I mean, I drew a picture of the story beast. Let me show you my picture that I drew of, of the story beast, just with a felter pen. That's, that's my picture. There we go. The story beast. Um, looks like something that Quentin Blake would do. But yeah, that was fun. Oh, and look at that. Well, the cat under the gooseberry bush. Oh, wow. And Mary, fantastic, guys. Well, we'll I'll tell you what, at the end, we'll do another. We'll, we'll go around the room. We'll do another go, go around the room and we'll look at pictures because I know that the next wonderful guest that we have is a regular. She is a superstar in my view. And I want to bring what what to the stage. What what all the way from Canada. Hey, hey what what? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Gosh, it's been a, it's been what a month. So it's, it's been, been a whole month. Whole month. Well, you're back, and we're so happy that you're back. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you what what all the way from Canada with her human Robin. Actually, Andy, can you stall for a minute? I have to put on one more piece of my costume. Okay, that's fine. Oh, what what's gone to get changed? Well, that's I I am going to do something really intellectual. Okay. And for intellectual stuff. Oh boy, this is tricky. You do know okay. that it's it's supposed to be funny and silly. No, no, we are gonna get serious. We're oh. gonna get serious. This is real my bow tie is too big. There, do I do I look intellectual? Okay, I am ready. I am ready. Okay, yeah, we are we are gonna get serious about being silly. Now, this is very important. We all just leapt into this being silly thing without really preparing for it. And you got to prepare 
for anything that you do just about but but i mean i think i think people sort of underrate being silly and they don't prepare enough for it so i have put together a small lesson plan and i will be teaching you all adjust my glasses i will be i can't see anything through these glasses but i will be teaching oh i lori i just saw lori just put her glasses on too yes Yes, everyone put your glasses on, put your thinking caps on, put your uh, put your brains into high gear. Okay, so uh, I was thinking long and hard about how to be silly because I think I think that's important. You gotta know how before you can be silly, right? I don't know, let's explore this. We will explore this together. Okay, so the, one of the things I thought was the wearing of a hat. Now, Andy, my friend Andy can attest to this. He just, he was lost without his hat. He had to find his hat and he found his hat. Now, I don't know how silly that hat is. I have a graphic here to help us. So this is a hat. Hats by themselves are not silly, but what you wanna do is you wanna add something to your hat perhaps to make it sillier so you could add a feather you could add a ribbon you could make it stripey you could add i don't know what these little pom-poms around the bottom are something like that so if you add something silly to something that is not silly see where i'm going with this you can make it silly now, of course, there are some hats that themselves are innately silly, like a jester hat. Oh, oh, I saw a hat. I see hats showing up. Yeah, you could have like something that's that, that the jester hats are just automatically silly. They properly confer a, a very high degree of silliness to the head on which it is worn. And, and by that, the entire body as well. So this is very important. Now, party hats are good. But here's here's a little known fact. <gasps> you know what and uh there's there's a guy out there that has that same hat i'm hoping he will be able to find his hat and turn his camera on because i know somebody who has that exact hat oh my goodness if he knows where it is haha ha, in the audience yeah so party hat party hat party hats are good but here's something to try at your next party wear several at the same time wear several hats at the same time if they've got the little bands that go around your chin that is very silly. Adding additional hats to your hats is definitely silly. So you get good points for that. Now, I'm gonna move on to lesson two. Lesson two, the, the lesson one was the wearing of the hat. Lesson two is the booping of the nose. Now this one, ah, there we go. There's, there's the similar, there's a similar hat, yay. I hope by the end of this, everybody's got crazy hats. So the booping of the nose, lesson two. Now this is an important one because wearing of a hat does not affect other people around you, but the booping of the nose will affect someone who is attached to that nose. Literally, it, it will affect them because you'll go boop and then, and then they are booped. Now, so this is a very important thing that I have to say, do not boop noses that are attached to faces that you do not know. You must have sufficient familiarity, I'm using big words here because this is educational, 
familiarity with the personage that you are about to boop before booping. And there are many different types of noses. Some noses stick very far out from faces. Some noses are kind of pointy. You want to be careful on a pointy nose that you don't, you know, injure your, oh, you, you use your hand. Some noses, oh, some noses just have to be booped. I think I saw some puppies in the earlier story and there is some booping that, that is very good on a, on a nice, cold, wet, healthy puppy nose. Uh, some, some noses are great targets. They're quite uh, large and easy to boop. Some noses are quite tiny and they're a little harder to boop, especially if it's like the nose of a very tiny animal. Again, if it is a human or animal, make sure that there is a proper degree of familiarity before you boop. When in doubt, ask for permission. There is never anything, it's not a particularly silly activity to ask, ask for permission. In fact, I would say it's a very serious, uh, serious thing to ask for permission but it's a very important thing. So yeah, before you boop the nose, ask for permission. Now, some of you may have noticed, I do not have a nose. So I, I cannot, I cannot have my nose booped, which is very sad. But um, if a person was to wish to boop my nose, I would say, probably in the region where I have no nose would be uh, still okay. I think, I don't, I could have to think on that some more. Okay, on to lesson three. Oh, there's one more. I got one more picture of a nose. Many of my friends are puppets. This is a puppet nose. Many puppets have excellent noses for booping, but again, ask permission before booping a puppet. Now, Lesson number three, and this one I'm going to get you all to participate in, uh, even more so than the wearing of the silly hats and the booping of the noses. This is the doing of the silly dance. And so silly dances may require wiggling of arms. And here I have an illustration. So I would like everybody to give me a little practice wiggling of the arms. It's much easier if you're not wearing a gigantic, enormous bow tie. Yeah. It may also involve the wiggling of the legs. I will, this is, this is harder for me, but there is my foot. That's my foot. That was the wiggling of the legs. So the, and you can do them at the same time. You can do the wiggling of the arms and the wiggling of the legs at the same time. <gasps> that's, that's some skill there. And the bopping of the head, which is slightly different than the booping of the nose. Oh, and also there was a, a bop mentioned in that first story. Not that kind of bop, not the kind of bop. Uh, this is more of a, I shall demonstrate. Yeah, I'm bopping my head. So this is the this is my graphic to represent the bopping of the head. Uh, oh, and this is particularly fun if you are wearing a wiggly hat. Aha! So uh, back to lesson one, wiggly hat. You can also do. We just mentioned wiggling, the wiggling of the fingers. So the wiggling of the fingers, along with the wiggling of the arms, along with the. Let me get all my pictures together. My wiggling of the fingers, along with the. 
wiggling of the arms along with the wiggling of the head. And then you will be doing a silly dance. So I am going to get my puppeteer to play a little song on her kazoo. And I would like you all to do some silly dancing. Okay, and this you may want to you can do this while you are remaining sitting. You can do this if you are standing up and you can sit and stand. All right, are we ready? Uh, we'd like to say everybody put up your arms if you are ready for this very serious lesson. Uh, this this is if, if you want to say that this is the this is the exam. Ha. All right, are you ready? lost my glasses but you have now studied the silliness you are now on your way you're not experts yet you're going to hide it could take years of study but you are on your way and you are almost almost silly but maybe maybe we could use a few more stories and that will that will continue us on the journey of silliness. What do you What do you think, Andy? Oh, uh, what what? Yes, I think I think um, we we need to go away and practice loads of silliness. So, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing those three very important tips in how to be silly. So, hopefully, after very tonight, important. everyone else is going to go away. And I think we all need a kazoo oh, and, and oh, so yes, we can do yes. those silly dances. Oh, I've got to get share, one. Share Share those tips with all your your friends and family. Okay. Very important to let the silliness spread. Well, what what? Thank you so much for coming again, and um, we look forward to seeing you. Are oh, you going to come back next month? We hope so. We yeah. Excellent. That's great yeah. news. Right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to unmute, let's give what what and a human Robin a big round of applause. Thank you again, uh, what what and Robin. Wow, goodness me, we need to take a, a take, take a, get a get a good deep intake of air after that. I feel exhausted, but that was great, wasn't it? I hope you're all feeling a little bit more silly, a little bit more relaxed. And if this is the, if this is the first time you've come to the Chalking Stories Cafe, yes, um, most of the events are just silly. So. Great. So without further ado, let's bring our next wonderful guest to the stage all the way from France, my good friend, Charlie. Now, you might think that Charlie is a very serious man, but in fact, he's a wonderful, funny, humorous. Um, 
I would say silly as well. He's got some wonderful things in his house that that just make me laugh and, and be silly. It's because of him that, um, well, and another friend, Mark, and I have a, a mannequin in my house. And my wife, Claire, was horrified when I had this mannequin, which my friend Mark gave to me to take home. And my wife said, what are you going to do with that? And I said, well, I'm going to dress her up. And her name is Ethel. Now, some people said, well, Ethel's a little bit scary. Yes, she's a little bit scary. So I won't, um, I don't know where Ethel is. She's actually walked out the room. Yes, she does that. But when I told Claire, my wife, that I got the idea of Ethel because of Charlie's got Maud in her house, which is also a mannequin, Claire said, oh, so that's where you got the idea. Yes, I've learned lots of funny little tips from my good friend, Charlie. And he's in France, but I invited him today. I said, Charlie, please come along and tell us a silly story. So Charlie, hey, hey, the stage is yours, my friend. Thank you very much. I, I understand now why I've never managed to meet Claire is because she refuses to meet me because she blames me for, for, for what you've got there. So it's really interesting, actually, that uh, Andy's running this um, this competition about what's in the chest. Because a little while ago, when I was back in England in my house with Maud, I um, I was going through a suitcase that belonged to my grandfather, um, and I'd, I'd never really opened it. And I thought, I wonder what's in it. And so I opened it and there were all sorts of things and in it too was a letter i've got the letter here and i hadn't realized this was supposed to be a funny evening tonight so unfortunately this is a it's a very sad letter um so i hope you will indulge me with this my grandfather was a bricklayer he was a very talented bricklayer highly sought after and worked for a company in cardiff uh, my mother's welsh and um I'm proud of my Welsh connection. And this is, um, this is a letter, this is a draft of a letter that he obviously sent to his employer. And it, it goes like this. Respected sir, I am happy to advise you that the bricks on the chimney at number 13 Mary Lee's Villas, Russell Street has now been repaired as per your instruction. The winds had caused significant damage to the chimney. Therefore, when I arrived, uh, was able to avail myself of the scaffolding that the company had erected for me, I realized that I would need two good full barrels of bricks. Therefore, I hauled each barrel of brick up separately, deposited them on the scaffold boards, and proceeded to complete the repair of the chimney. There was, however, his grammar wasn't very good. There was, however, um, a lot of bricks left over. So I filled the one barrel, perhaps being slightly lazy and dilatory, perhaps I should have put him in, uh, done it in two. I filled the barrel, went down to the, uh, to the ground, tied the rope to a tree stump, climbed back up the scaffold and pushed the barrel off the platform. The barrel neatly swung out and over the abyss. I went down 
and I proceeded to untie the rope. Unfortunately, as I untied the rope, it tangled itself around my wrist. I was jerked off the ground. I didn't have a moment to untangle myself before I was being pulled into the air and halfway up, I met the barrel coming down, giving me significant injuries to my shoulder. As I proceeded on my journey up to the top, I banged my head on the beam that the scaffold was, um, that the barrel was on and jammed my fingers in the pulley, meaning I could not let go. The barrel hit the ground. The bottom of the barrel burst open and the, and the bricks spilled out. I was now heavier than the barrel and started to proceed downwards and halfway down, I met a barrel coming up, which gave me significant injuries to my shins. I then proceeded all the way down and landed on a pile of sharp brick, sustaining significant injuries to my back and my buttocks. It was at this point I must have taken leave of my senses because I let go the rope. The barrel then descended, hit me on the head, putting me in hospital. I respectfully request sick leave. Thank you. I just, I just can't wait to see what Anne or anyone that's drawing the picture of that story, what they've come up with, because trying to keep a track of the barrel going up and coming down. Well, no, that's, that's good. I can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, that was great, Charlie. Oh, thank you so much. That's a story borrowed from Gerald Hoffner, a great humorist and storyteller from the 1950s. Uh, so it's uh, an indebtedness to him. So I have one other little story, which I thought I'd tell. And uh, I call this story, The Perils of Being a VIP. And when I was much, much younger, one of the very first jobs I had was working in a children's home. And the second home that I worked in was a very small, what they call the family long stay home. And it was run by a woman, a spinster, who was very, very straight, very, very, um, uh, very, very sort of, um, everything had to be done just right. And uh, she was very, very proud of having me, a man, come to work in the home. And she'd say to people, Charlie's a man, you know, which I suppose needed to be pointed out. I, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, um, at that time, of course, I had an old battered car, which I used to use to drive to work. And um, yeah, sometimes during the winter, it would get very dirty. The windscreen wipers didn't work, but that's by the side. And one day, after about a month of working in the home, she said to me, Charlie, I would like you to meet the homes officer. 
And I thought, oh, wow. Now, let me just explain. The Holmes officer was a very important person. He was a man who came around every month, Mr. Holroyd, his name was, and he would inspect the homes. And Joan would greet him at the door uh, in her very Sunday best and usher him into her office where she would break out the sherry decanter and they would all have a glass of sherry. The senior residential worker, Joan and Mr. Holroyd, and I was going to be admitted to this small circle because I was a man. So we duly arrive and I'm introduced to Mr. Holroyd, this august person who lives at the great top of the great tree of which I'm a tiny pawn at the bottom. And uh, we're chatting away and suddenly I think, oh, no, I'm gonna sneeze. So I put my hand in my pocket, pull out my handkerchief and blow my nose. And it's at that point I realize that I've made a mistake because the conversation freezes. Joan looks at me with steel in her eyes. And I look down and I stuff the old pair of Molly's knickers that I used to wipe the windscreen back in my pocket. And I didn't last there for very long. That's my second story. Thank you. <laughs> Johnny, fantastic. Oh, I, like I said, I look forward to seeing pictures of that as well. <laughs> Charlie, an absolute pleasure having you tonight. Thank you so much. And um, you tell us, what is the weather like in the south of France right now? Uh, well, we've had some glorious sun. We've been sat just in our shorts, been, um, uh, catching rays and bathing, drinking beer, and also with pullovers on. There's been a sharp wind. And um, so it's been very mixed weather, but it's very beautiful. Well, wonderful. And I've got a rose from the garden in my hat, which I hope what what isn't actually silly, but maybe it is. <laughs> well, it's fantastic having you joining us tonight, and uh, look forward to seeing you again um, when we when we do the talking stories event again. So thank you again, Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to unmute and give Charlie Markwick a round of applause. Thank you. All right. Goodness me, how time flies when you're having fun, or how time flies when you're being silly. Our next guest is the wonderful Vicky, who has a fantastic online theater or in person theater as well, hopefully soon. The Listen In. And Vicky invited me to tell a story at one of her events um, a couple of months ago. And I thought, you know what, it would be great because I heard Vicky tell a story and I thought, oh, Vicky, you've got to come to the Talking Stories Cafe. Vicky actually sat in the audience last, last month and, and I asked her, please, will you join us? And she said, absolutely, I would love to. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the wonderful Vicky. Vicky, the stage is yours. Thank you so much, Andy. And hello, everyone. Lovely to uh, virtually meet you. Uh, so this is one of my favourite silly stories, and it's about a leopard and a monkey. Because, you see, the thing is that there was one day when leopard was lazily laying under a tree, counting his spots. 
And he had 99 beautiful sooty black spots on his soft yellow fur. And there was nothing he loved better than counting them over and over again. 99 spots. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 28, 29, 30, mm Excellent. They're all there. <laughs> and then Leopard went to sleep. Up in the tree above was Monkey. And the thing is, as we all know about monkeys, they can be very silly. And Monkey thought it was ridiculous for Leopard to keep counting his spots as often as he did. And Monkey sat in the tree, looking at Leopard, counting his spots. And she laughed to herself. <laughs> and Monkey looked out over the horizon. And there she could see mischief just coming along. And so Leopard woke up and started counting his spots again. One, two, three, four, five. Well, Monkey scampered down the tree and went to the village where people lived. And sure enough, there was a person painting a fence with yellow paint, carefully using the paintbrush and the paint pot of yellow paint to paint the fence. Well, Monkey hid behind a thorn bush and watched. <laughs> and the mischief that Monkey had seen coming over the horizon came a little bit closer. Well, midday rolled along. And of course, everyone knows that you can't stay out in the midday sun. And so the person painting the fence put the pot of yellow paint and the paintbrush down in the long grass and went in the shade to have a rest. <gasps> this was the moment Monkey had been waiting for. Her eyes twinkled and her tail twitched. <laughs> and the mischief that she had seen over the horizon came a little bit closer. And she went and she took the pot of yellow paint and the paintbrush and she scamped with it right the way back to the tree where Leopard was. She hid the pot of paint and the paintbrush in the long grass and she scamped back up the tree and watched and waited. <laughs> Leopard was just finishing counting his spots again. 72, 73, 74, 75, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Ugh, time for another sleep. And Leopard lay out his long, beautiful body and curled up and went to sleep. And now the mischief that Monkey had seen coming over the horizon was so close, she took its hand and danced with it. She scamped all the way down the tree to work some mischief. And it took just a few seconds for her to do her dastardly deed. And then she scamped back up the tree and watched and waited. So a long time later, Leopard woke up again. And guess what he did? Counted his spots. One, two, three, four, 
Searching for the missing spot, searching high, searching low, searching there, searching here, searching everywhere. And meanwhile, up in the tree, with Monkey finding this all hilarious. <laughs> Where is my spot? cried Leopard. Maybe I need to check again. Maybe I counted wrong. One, two, three, four, five, thirty-eight, fifty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two, fifty-six, fifty-eight, fifty-nine, sixty, seventy-one, seventy-two, seventy-three, seventy-four, seventy-five, ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Oh no! I'm definitely missing a spot. Whatever shall I do? A leopard went all around trying to find the missing spot. And Porcupine, Porcupine helped Leopard look for the spot. And Elephant helped Leopard look for the spot, and Snake helped Leopard look for the spot. But the spot was nowhere to be seen. The missing spot. Oh no! What were they going to do? Well, after a long time, it started to rain. Big, fat raindrops falling out of the sky. And Porcupine and Elephant and Snake, well, you know, they made their excuses. You know how you do when you kind of want to leave. Uh, and so they made their excuses and they left Leopard alone, looking everywhere for the spot and still he couldn't find it. And by the time the sun came out again, Leopard was very wet and very hungry and very tired and very, very fed up. But the sun was out and so Leopard lolloped over to the bottom of the tree and stretched out his beautiful long body and went to sleep while the sun dried his beautiful yellow fur. Well, a little while later, of course, Leopard woke up again. <gasps> oh no! Huh? Maybe I'm missing another spot! Oh no, I, I, I'd better count them. One, two, three, four, five, well, that spot seems to be back at, I, well, I don't know how, I, how, I mean, it's it gone and then just looked everywhere and then sort of came back. Well, I never, no, I quite know, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, up in the tree was Monkey, thought this was the best ever 
practical jokes she'd ever played in her entire life. Where's my spot? Where's my spot? And of course, Monkey didn't say anything at all about taking that yellow paint. She didn't say anything at all to Leopard or anyone else about having painted very carefully over one of Leopard's black spots. She didn't say anything at all to anyone about the rain having washed the paint off. And of course, the sun drying the fur. So the spot was visible again. She didn't need to say anything about that because it was on a kind of need to know basis. But she had had the best day ever, thinking it was hilarious. <laughs> Monkey had fallen out the tree, laughing so hard. And you know, she didn't fall in the nice soft grass. Oh, no, 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 no. She fell straight into the pot of yellow paint with a great big splash. And I think there are several things to take from that story. Maybe it's the fact that you shouldn't really get too big for your boots. Or maybe it's the fact that you shouldn't really laugh at other people's expense. Or maybe it's just the simple fact that you really shouldn't leave a monkey unattended with a pot of yellow paint and a paintbrush. But whatever you take from that story, I hope it made you smile and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks again, Andy, for having me. Oh, Vicky, that was awesome. Everyone, if you'd like to unmute, let's give Vicky a round of applause. Oh, Thank I can't you. wait to see who's drawn a leopard with 98 spots. I wonder who's gone diligently and counted 98. Looks like what what has. Well done, what what. You're amazing. <laughs> Lovely drawing. Just coming up as well. Oh, fantastic, guys. Vicky, thank you so much. I just love your voices. How do you do? How do you do your voices? What is your What is your tip in terms of doing voices of your characters? Um, actually, finding their laugh is is quite a, a good one. I always find. I don't know why, but monkey has a kind of, and I do a sort of kind of laugh quite a lot. Um, but I, I don't know. I just did it a lot as a kid, really, and now I'm lucky enough to have a job doing it, <laughs> doing silly voices and funny faces. So what what a great job to have. Yeah, fantastic. Um, <laughs> Superb. Vicky, thank you so much again. Jack, yeah, that's great. You, you can unmute if you want to say something. No? Okay. Yeah, loving the pictures. Pictures are fantastic. Right, you know what? All our guest performers have told and shared some really silly stories. Now, I've got something else I wanted to- I got this picture. That is superb. That's your leopard under the tree. That's great. What a lovely picture. It is. I couldn't draw one that well. <laughs> black dog. Oh, is that the black dog? Sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. That's the black dog. I, of course it's black. I mean, how can it be a leopard? I mean, that's just one big black spot, silly Andy. You know, really, you got to learn your animals. You would think I come all the way from 
from from from South Africa, I would know what a leopard looks like. So yes, my apologies. That is the black dog. That the story. I've done, I've done a drawing for you. I've done Puppet What What and Vicky and and Charlie, and I've done you don't want to marry Ah, oh, Sharon. I think, oh, I, I look forward to seeing what you're going to do with that afterwards. But that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and now Anne is putting up her pictures. Oh, it's absolutely superb. Now, I know some of you might think, well, it's come to the end of the show. It's time to go. But I want to bring something new to the Chalking Stories Cafe because I was in the woods with my friend Mark and we found a case, a case with some things inside. And I was talking to some friends and I actually put it out on the Chalking Stories Cafe Facebook group and on the Society for Storytelling Facebook group and on another Facebook group. And I put it out there and I said, care to guess what's inside? And lots of people came back with some amazing responses. And someone came back with a really good suggestion. Why don't we create stories from the things that are inside? So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to a new fun game we're going to play called The Significant Case of Stories. Now, I need this case, so I'm going to have to move Nelson. Now, I don't know if I've introduced you to Nelson. Nelson is my giraffe that came from South Africa, but he got a little bit attacked by some foxes in the garden. So he only has one ear, one horn and one eye. The other side, he's unfortunately lost it to the foxes. So if you're a cricket fan, one, one, one. Yeah, it's a, it's a Nelson. That's how Nelson got his name. And Nelson Mandela was also the most amazing president for South Africa. So this is Nelson. He normally sits by the fire, but I thought I would bring Nelson in and introduce you to Nelson properly. Right, let's move Nelson off the table so that I can go and get the case. It's really heavy. So just give me a second. Right. Ah. Oh. Ah. Ah. I'm making the noises like the story beast. Oh. Okay. You see this case? It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't this? Why would someone throw a case like this in the woods? Well, I'd love to show you what's inside. I'm not going to show you everything, but I am going to bring out one thing. Now, what was it? This is what I wanted to show you. This bag. Right. I've got this wonderful old bag. Now, in this bag is what I want you all to do something with. Right. Here it is. A stick. There was a stick in that bag. But look at the stick. Look what it looks like. It looks like it looks like the scar on Harry Potter's forehead. Well, it's a little bit too big. It could be a magic wand. It could be a toothpick. I have no idea. I want you to take this sticky thing and I want you to come up with a story. It could be a wand. It could be anything you want. And I want you to create a story from this little object that came from the significant case. And the next story at the Talking Stories Cafe in June, well, there will be an opportunity for someone to tell that story. Now, I think that sounds pretty amazing. And if the story, well, the story that the person that creates the story doesn't want to tell the story, 
and is too scared to. Well, I hope that isn't the case. But if they don't want to tell the story, I'm sure I can find someone that can tell the story on their behalf. But that's the competition. That is what we're going to try and do. Come up with a story about this significant stick. Okay? Right. Does that sound like fun? Sound like fun? Well, I don't know. I'm looking at some of the faces in the room. Everyone seems a little bit, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound that exciting. It's just yes! Okay, that's a little bit better. Okay, Yay! fine. Yeah, all right. I think this is a pretty cool one. And maybe even, I don't know, maybe the person that comes up with the best, I don't know if there's such a thing as the best story, but I don't know. Maybe these little objects need to go somewhere as well. So we can talk about that and come up with ideas. All right. So that is the significant case of stories, which um, there's lots of other things in that case. So we will be bringing them out at every Talking Stories Cafe. Now, I also have some very exciting news. The exciting news is that the Talking Stories Cafe is going to also be live. We are going to be going live. So there are going to be live people also at the Talking Stories Cafe from June. So more news coming about that. But don't worry, wherever you are in the world, you will still be able to take part. Okay, that's enough of me rambling on. I want to bring everyone back to the stage that performed tonight. So, so Kieran, the Raven, can you please... Let's bring back, oh, the story beast is, it ran away. He's gone to look after his, his babies and uh, think of good names to name his twins. But I do know that we have what, 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 what? Come and join me on the stage and Charlie and Vicky. And yeah, everyone's on stage. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much again. Oh, I shouldn't forget the campfire. But ladies and gentlemen, please feel free to unmute and let's give a big round of applause to the story beast who isn't here. Yay! To what, what? Yay! To Charlie and to Vicky. And of course, to the campfire and also behind the scenes, our wonderful stage manager, The Raven, who you can't see, but we can give him a big round of applause as well, because I think he's done an amazing job. So thank you very much. And a last big round of applause to all of you that came along tonight, came along to support the Talking Stories Cafe. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I will send out an email about all these wonderful performers so that you can follow them and also let you know when the next event is going to be. Okay. I think that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, great. Hi. Thank you. Andy, look who I've got on the phone. Oh. <laughs> what about the drawings? What about the drawings? You want to see the drawings? Yeah, you can. Let's do a screenshot. I mean, if you want to share your, your drawings, hold them up to the camera. Please do share your pictures. I uh, will also send out an email. And I'll share the links to my, well, if you're not on the Talking Stories Facebook group, then make sure you join. You can share your pictures there. You can also tag me on Instagram or you can email them to me and I will share them on Instagram as well. But I'm on Instagram at Andy Cops and you can, you can direct message me there as well if you want to. But fantastic. Look at those pictures. Good Lord. You guys have been, wow. And Sharon amazing and i'm sure many of you are going to go and think of think of those stories and may want to draw them as well so you can send them across thank you so much again 
Thank you again to The Story Beast, to What What, to Charlie, and to Vicky for those fantastic stories. And I look forward to seeing what stories you come up with with the significant stick that came from the significant case of stories. Um, I need to shut up and let everyone go so they can have a drink. <laughs> but can all the performers please stay and let's just regroup back in the green room. Bye-bye, everyone. I just want to say a big thank you to everybody that came along and supported the Chalking Stories Cafe on the 22nd of May. And if you missed it, don't worry, it's every single month and it's live on Zoom. It's on a Saturday evening at 7 o'clock British Summer Time. The next event will be announced soon. And if you would like to support the Chalking Stories Cafe on a monthly basis, the easiest thing to do is visit my Patreon page. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash Andy And you can buy a monthly subscription for £5, which will give you free access to the Talking Stories Cafe and a whole lot of other things that I have planned. But the best thing is you will be supporting performing artists. So all the guests that come along to the Talking Stories Cafe, I will then hopefully be able to pay them a decent fee for the work that they are doing. Lastly, if you want to find out more about what I do, Andy Cops, then please do go to my website, andycops.com. And lastly, if you would like to join the Chalking Stories Cafe Facebook group, then go to facebook.com forward slash chalking stories. I think that's about it. You can go now. I look forward to seeing you at our live event. But again, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I wish you well and hope to see you again soon. Or hope to see you soon. Maybe I haven't seen you before. So... You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Okay. All right. I'm going to say goodbye. Okay. Bye.